And welcome, welcome back in to the Chris Mathis Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Mathis, alongside, in front of, I need to work on that, in front of my co-host, Spencer Mathis. Glad to be here with you guys after a week hiatus. I know that you guys missed us. We missed you guys probably more than uh, you missed us, but glad to be back. Unfortunately, you might be wondering, hey, where are the cameras? We were unable to uh, make an appearance in the Mountainside Parcel and Post uh studios today so we will be back next week no, with that, video you got to tell them the real reason antonio brown after leaving the jets game on sunday came down to blairsville georgia and stole our cameras yeah they are gone yeah so uh we're still in search of those uh but anyways uh a lot of stuff to talk about you guys have missed a lot and we're going to he- be here to inform you guys and obviously give our input on a lot of things uh we got to start off the show with mentioning there is no more to the moon segment there is no more fantasy pickup player of the week due to the fact that uh, fantasy football is over. I am the proud champion of the toilet bowl in one okay. of our leagues, so that was pretty cool. And I finished third in the other league, so I'm coughing up a whole bunch yeah. of money. And I know none of our listeners of this podcast won a championship. I mean, that's why we refer to them as Stooges and Stoojets. Well, if you take that back, Nick won. Nick Crouch won? Nick, Nick won. Shout the- out to Nick Crouch, the only non-Stooge. He's the only wow. non-Stooge. And Trenton. And Trenton won as well. Wow. So, so both of them. Yeah, so we, got a le- two, we got two leagues. Those were two of the most questioned drafts by the people around us. They were the ones that were like, how how is this even like the choice for this guy right now? Between That's what people were saying about Nick Crouch's team. Goes and wins the championship with basically a Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad and oh, a wait. Chiefs. The Trenton situation... Team Collins won. Okay, but he was in it. He was, yeah, he, yeah. Trenton was so in Trenton, it. So Trenton, you're still a stooge, but Nick, you are no longer a stooge. Yeah, Nick is no longer a stooge. He won it all, and uh, I'll make sure he gets his money here shortly. But <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. uh But anyways, big time stuff here. Glad to be back here with you guys on the Chris Mathis fo- uh, podcast. Follow us on Twitter, TCM underscore Pod, YouTube, TCM underscore Pod, yep. Instagram. TCM underscore pod, whole nine yards everywhere. Yeah. And of course, uh, thank you guys for joining us here on the Chris Mathis podcast. But uh, we got to start off with player of the week segment due to the fact that there is no more to the moon pickup player of the week. So we're going to start off with the player of the week. And for me, it goes back to a guy that has been slandered on the show for months now. And he's earned every bit of it. But Ben Roethlisberger played in his last game, more than likely his last game of his career at Heinz Field. No, it is officially his last yeah, game. He's, he's done. At Heinz Field. But he helped the Pittsburgh Steelers beat a very battered Baker Mayfield led Cleveland Browns football yeah. team. I believe the final score was 26 to 14 on Monday Night Football this past week. Um, and Najee Harris did his thing. Without Najee Harris, Big Ben loses in his final game as a Pittsburgh Steeler at Heinz Field. But. Of course, they do have Najee Harris, who had a phenomenal game, uh, set career highs in rushing yards, touchdown, the longest touchdown run of his career, and rushing attempts. But Ben Roethlisberger finished at Heinz Field on Monday Night Football 24-46, 123 yards. What is that? That's It's like two yards Yeah, two, two points. Yeah. yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um, but the worst, the least in any game in NFL history. Least yards above per 30 pass attempts. Unreal. Ever. But he did win. He does get a lot of slander. But at the same time, uh, you took Twitter Spencer following the game and said, yeah, it was a little bit more sad than you thought yeah. because he's, he's kind gone. of... Yeah, he's done. And No more Big Ben jokes. And now you think about it. Well, we got one more week of him. We do have one more week. But now that you think about it, the oldest guy, I mean, was already Tom Brady. But now the next old guy out is Tom Brady and for it's, sure. It's weird to think about because in my head, I feel like Ben Roethlisberger... And Peyton Manning at the end of their careers were older than Tom Brady, but they're actually like six years younger than Brady is currently. And Brady's second in the MVP voting at the moment. So, yeah, Big Ben is is talent. He was talented, but he's a prime example of a guy that just went to the league with his talent. Never really had the off-field nutrition workout plan, uh, the pliability as Tom Brady in the TV yeah. twelve method with would that say. Guerrero. But- Yeah, with Alex Greer, we'll have more on that here momentarily. But either way, Ben Roethlisberger, great game. And, yeah, he does get a lot of slander, rightfully so, but he's been on a great team for years. He went to three Super Bowls in his career, won two of them, two Lombardi championships, and also has the most seasons with 4,000-plus yards passing and then has the highest regular season passer rating in NFL history. He was a stud. He was. 
and he had AB, which we're going to get into here yeah. momentarily. But Spence, unless you have anything else to say about, about I've got Big some ben. more stuff to say about Big Ben, okay? So, the end of Peyton Manning's career where he won the Super Bowl, he was the worst quarterback in the NFL that season. And I think that's what Ben Roethlisberger was going for this season. He was trying to replicate what Peyton Manning did in his final season. But since the Steelers were not as good as the 2015 Broncos who beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl, it made Ben Roethlisberger look bad. But on the other side of that, you have Peyton Manning looking like a stud in his final year because he won a Super Bowl, but he was bottom five in the league in almost every stat. So I feel bad for Big Ben. I, he should have retired three years ago, honestly, but either way, it was it was sad to watch him leave Heinz Field one last time, and he'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Mike Tomlin has never, what, never been below 500 never. in his career? He's never. the next Buccaneers head coach, hopefully. So a lot of that has to do with Big Ben. Obviously, they've always had a really good defense over the years, but I mean, Pittsburgh has been a very dominant organization for, for years. 20 years. Yeah. Over. They won the Super Bowl right before they got Tomlin. Two years before impressive. with Jerome Bettis. So. And, and Big Ben, we'll remember Big Ben, and he'll remember Heinz Field as people chanting, uh, what was it? They were, thank you, Ben. Thank you, yeah, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Big, over and over. The thing with Big Ben was he dodged a lot of stuff on the field and off the field, and he ended up with a great career because of both of those. So... Moving on, we're going to go with the player of the week for me is Tom Brady. He led the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against a bad New York Jets team, but that final drive was the best final drive of the season by any player in the NFL. 93 yards. No timeouts, 93 yards in two minutes. Two times we caught the ball in bounds without going out of bounds. We only went out of bounds one time on the entire drive, and then he throws a 37-yard touchdown to Cyril Grayson to win the game, and the only takeaway from that game is A-Bs. I think that was Brady's best performance of the season. Uh, in the second half, he went off. As soon as we got rid of the uh, cancer that is Antonio Brown, right at the end of the third quarter is whenever he really kicked it on. And the Bucks won because of it. And Cyril Grayson is going to be big for the Bucks going down the stretch because of what I heard Tom Brady say about Cyril Grayson today, which is that he believes in him. And Grayson's bought into Brady's beliefs. So that's a big one. Brady finished 34 of 50 with a 68% completion rating, 410 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. And the one interception that he threw, actually the ball ended up returning to him at the end of the game to be signed by the guy who picked him off. So that was that just shows how much of a legend Tom Brady is. You'll never see that again. And Brady is my player of the week because of it. What's pretty cool is that that was my guy, Eccles. That was the rookie of the week for Two me. Two weeks ago, Two yeah. Two weeks ago. Yep. Um, he had a good game. So a lot of people were speculating and, and hating on Eccles for doing so. This is Brady's... I think that's huge. I think that's good. I mean, it's Brady is... that You would see that same thing with Michael Jordan in the NBA. That's the only comparable player to Tom mm-hmm. Brady. So... That's really the only time you're ever going to see that in the NFL, and I think that was cool that he went up after the game and did that. Even if I'm a Jets player, I'm just like, hey, you know what? Mad respect. I wish that was me that picked that off because I would have done the same thing. But a lot of people are coming at Eccles and saying that he's a joke, he's not a winner, this and that. And I'm like, dude, this is a third-round pick. Wasn't supposed to be – or sorry, sixth-round pick, like Tom, wasn't supposed to do anything. And he's he's on the New York Jets. Yeah, and he's having a pretty good year. I think he's got three or four picks. I mean, you don't go in as a Jets player expecting to win. And they almost beat Tom Brady, and that interception was a big part of it. So I think that that was a really cool motion by him doing that. And who wouldn't want a Tom Brady autograph? Oh, yeah. And and real talk, I do think that Brady, if you would have gotten the ball to Brady's representatives or to the Buccaneers team, eventually he would have signed it. But it wasn't as cool as going to midfield, shaking his hand, and the guy saying, hey, Tom saying, hey, you're a pretty solid young player. Like, keep at it, you know? Yep. So I thought that was really cool. I have no issue with it. Um, Again, the Jets played one heck of a ball game. There have not been many times where I've been worried about the Bucks losing with Tom Brady in the past two years. But that was a game where I was like, oh, okay, we're going to lose this game. And yeah. then you see A.B. trot off the field, which we'll elaborate a little bit more on that here momentarily. But um, And when I say momentarily, I mean very soon. Uh, but first, we have to shout out our Rookie of the Week. We mentioned our Player of the Week. Rookie of the Week for me was uh, Lions wide receiver. He's a rookie, of course, out of USC. Amon Ross St. Brown had a phenomenal game, um, and he dominated. I think he had eight catches, 111 yards, two total touchdowns. Okay, if this guy's a three- or four-year player, already been in the league for four or five years, whatnot, you don't think too much of that stat line, but this guy's a rookie. He was the 17th selected wide receiver in this year's draft. Yeah. And he's balling out right now in terms of ranks throughout the season for all rookie receivers. Second in catches, 
fourth in yards, third in yards after catch, and fifth PFF grade uh, for all rookie receivers. And then you weigh in on top of that, his quarterback is Jared Goff. I mean, eh, you know, to have Jared Goff throw to you, this guy is really balling out. Amon Ross St. Brown, Lions rookie wide receiver, is my rookie of the week. Had a big game against the Seattle Seahawks last week. Eight catches, over 100 yards, and two tutties. Yeah, but the crazy thing is his quarterback over the last two weeks where he's put up 90 and 110 yards was not Jared Goff. It was Tim Boyle, Mm. and he is not a good quarterback. I mean, one of his touchdown passes was to an offensive lineman the other day through three interceptions, but Amon Ross St. Brown has been very good this season for a bad franchise that is on the rise, honestly, with uh, Dan Campbell as their head coach. But my rookie of the week this week is well-deserved. It is... Bengals receiver Jamar Chase, he went 11 for 266 and three touchdowns with a 72-yard touchdown that you would only see in Madden. Uh, It was, I mean, he is the rookie of the year, 100%. I don't think he gave it to anybody else on offense. Uh, Maybe Micah Parsons could win the whole thing, but I think he'll just win defensive rookie of the year. And I think Jamar Chase deserves rookie of the year, give the offensive rookie of the year to Mac Jones. If I was the voter... That's how it would go with me. But Jamar Chase helped the Bengals defeat the Chiefs 34-31. Uh, and then you had Joe Burrow's performance where he throws for 400, 446 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, he's been killing it as of recently. He's getting the ball out very quickly because his offensive line is very, very bad. Uh, they're not going to be good down the stretch in the playoffs because of their offensive line. But huge game for Jamar Chase, and he is my rookie of the week. Yeah, he's having a phenomenal uh, season. and. You mentioned that, what, 71-yard touchdown? Yeah. There's a screenshot on Twitter of this guy with four defenders yeah, right, right on him. within like, five yards. Yeah. And he's and, scoring a 70, I think 72-yard touchdown. Insane. He's, he's very, very he's good. He's the best. And the thing is, is that all three of the Bengal receivers are very, very good. They yeah, are stacked. Yeah. If Tyler Boyd puts up 105 yards this week with not Joe Burrow as his starting quarterback, he will have a thousand yards that's three receivers with a thousand yards they also have a thousand yard rusher and joe mixon and then your quarterback's thrown for almost 4500 yards so that's one of the best offenses you'll see in the nfl in recent history so that would be huge if higgins can go for 100 plus this week yeah is it higgins or boyd oh boyd, boyd excuse me boyd. Yeah, tyler boyd he's tyler a, boyd he's a great player too higgins but. already has a thousand i mean that would be three one thousand you haven't seen that since the cowboys in the 90s it's been a while yeah talking about wide receivers and all of their success on the field. We've saw a lot of success off, well, no. I guess if he wants the attention, yeah. we saw a lot, of, a lot of success with this guy, but I'm pretty sure this is a consensus Stooge of the Week, but Spence, yep. this is your segment, so introduce the segment Stooge of the Week, and uh, who's your nominee, your selected player, and why? Well, my Stooge of the Week this week is Antonio Brown. Uh, we all saw what he did. With two minutes left in the third quarter, I was watching the game at a Panera Bread in Alpharetta, Georgia, and I was wondering, who is this guy shirtless running across the field? Thought it may be a fan. Then I saw that he was wearing Tampa Bay Buccaneers pants and cleats, and he was doing jumping jacks, waving goodbye to the fans, and I, you were looking right at me. You are like, wow, he's done. And, yeah, I was and, like, and I was hoping yeah. maybe this wasn't a big deal. Maybe he was just injured and he was celebrating or something, but nope. He ends up accusing... Uh, Bruce Arians of doing a throat slit motion towards him saying that his career is over and then he got cut on the sidelines by Bruce Arians but the real story is that he wanted the ball more than he was getting the ball even though he had five catches and he was second on the team in catches in that game I mean his his reasoning to Bruce Arians was that Rob Gronkowski was getting all the targets which he should any team Rob Gronkowski's on he's going to be one or two Mike Evans Gronkowski they're two leading receivers with Chris Godwin out so Antonio Brown is a stooge we all saw it this week uh the first thing that came to my mind is that he looked like Vern the turtle from over the hedge without a shell on while he was doing that so I just think he looked like an idiot the entire internet now believes that Antonio Brown was an idiot we all believed it before this this cemented that fact he is a stooge he's the stooge of the week and I could see him maybe signing with a contender later on in the season. Uh, yeah, we'll have to find out and when wait. He's got, see he's got one week to do it. Yeah. So, um, but but kind of fielding off of what you started out with, we were at Panera Bread, and you say, I could. I mean, you were believing that everything was fine. I immediately was like, yeah. dude, this is 
this is it. And I said, uh, I said, I bet this has to do with incentives. He didn't. He had five catches right at the point. In the I game. just didn't think that it had to do with incentives because he still has another week to yeah. get sixty yards and a touchdown. But on top of that is that they were playing the Jets and this guy. Yeah. I mean, if you're a great receiver, you go into that game thinking, hey, I could have two hundred yards a day. Yeah. You know, and Brown did not have nearly a hundred yards in that game, uh, if I'm not mistaken. No, not even close because he was in a he was on a limited snap count for the week because he had a prior ankle injury that he's been recovering from. I mean, he decided he wanted to play. And then he says that Bruce Arians forced him onto the field, which is 100% not the case. He's a stooge, so I don't know. But the incentive aspect of it came about, and then, you know, a lot of people were curious as to what happened. Well, this story is still unfolding as you guys are tuned in right now on uh, the Chris Mathis Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube. This story is probably still developing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's yet to come out, but uh, I also heard that his agent talked with the Buccaneers GM earlier before the game, like the, the week leading up to that game against the New York Jets, and said, hey, we want these incentives to be guaranteed. They agreed upon yep. this contract that this was a bonus. Um, he wanted it to be guaranteed, you know, hey, here's an extra million dollars. He walked away from a million dollars in incentives that were all achievable. It was with, three different things. I think maybe he forgot that there was a week 18. I think that could be it. I think he's an idiot, and I think that is... 100% what happened. He forgot Week 18 existed. Well, it could be. Well, obviously, Antonio Brown is missing. Not everybody's perfect by any means, and everybody's got their own you know, demon in the closet or whatnot, but Antonio Brown needs some serious help, and I hope that he and does get it. And I think that it. that was a cry for help. I mean, he d- I don't know. He's. I, I really do hope that he gets it. Like Aside from the football player, he's a man with a, a girlfriend or a married man. He's definitely He has kids. I hope that he at least gets it figured out. He's only 32, yeah. 32 years old. Yeah, I mean, he is he's still young. He is a top 10 receiver in NFL history, and he's just thrown his his career down the toilet the last three years, something new every year, and something that came out probably two hours before, Wait, before this show. Before we get into that. Okay. Let's go to that sideline thing with what happened with Bucks head coach Bruce Arians yeah. and Antonio Brown. So uh, Arians called on the personnel that – they had been playing with the entire game. The Bucks are down 24 to 10 against the Jets at this point. Everybody's kind of yeah. like, what the heck's going on? And he's on? in a certain package because he's on a limited snap count because right. of his ankle. He's in Mike Evans' package that he was in because they're both on snap counts. So, yeah. So Arian says, hey, or the receiver coach says, hey, you're getting ready to go back out. And AB kind of brushed away the coach and said, hey, you know. I'm not going out there. Yeah, I'm not going out there. So Bruce Arians comes over there and is like, uh, what's going on? And then AB said, I ain't playing. And then uh, Bruce Arians said, but why? You know, like, you know, what's going on? And he said, but I ain't why? getting the ball. And then Arians says, all right, you're done. Get the F up out of here. And then you see the rest is history. Antonio Brown trots off the field, throws yep. off his shoulder pads. But first, Mike Evans went over to him to try to calm him down. The Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee who should win it. And Evans realized, hey, I can't waste – Mad respect to Mike Evans because he yeah. could have sat there and begged, oh, please, no, A.B., No, please, stay. A.B., no. Instead, he let him Instead go. Instead, he let him go, just like the entire rest of the team let him go. And after the game, Rob Gronkowski gave a very telling uh, statement. They, they asked him about Antonio Brown, why no one stopped him. And he said, I wasn't really paying attention. I was playing for my team, making blocks and making catches to get first downs for the good of my team. And I believe that was a shot at Antonio Brown. I feel like this situation has been boiling over for probably a month now where Antonio Brown is just a drama queen. We knew it would happen. He's what people think OBJ is, honestly. That's exactly what Antonio Brown is. They're both both very talented, but I think OBJ has a little bit more of a head on his shoulders than Antonio Brown. He's just an idiot. But can we move on to the next thing that just came out? Yes, you okay, can. Okay, so this is an actual headline from a New York uh, article. So here, it may say something vulgar. Fired Buck star Antonio Brown smuggled OnlyFans model who went viral for licking a toilet seat in 2020, right before COVID, into his hotel for a sex romp and told her to watch watch what I do tomorrow the night before he stormed off the field. That's what he's... This was planned. 
And that's why we knew that that Uber, that's why the Uber driver picked them up. The guy that's been on all the talk shows this week, this was planned the night before the Uber driver was already called in said Antonio Brown knew where he was going to be. He was going to be gate B outside of the jet stadium waiting for this Uber driver that drives all of the NFL players around high 24 seven. This guy, it's a, it's, he, it's, he's his own business by the way. Yeah. Not necessarily. It's it's basically Uber, but it's not Uber. And this is on Saturday night. So he invites this girl to his hotel room Saturday night night right before the Bucks game this guy's supposedly too injured to play even though he's told Bruce Arians that he is going to play and the told him Sunday morning cleared. the doctors cleared him then he does this with this he uh, he gets this girl into his hotel room and then today it comes out that this girl now has COVID-19 and she tweets Tampa Bay Buccaneers check your players they may have COVID yeah, because she- of Antonio Brown's off the field mm-hmm. antics I mean this guy should never get another NFL opportunity but this Antonio Brown situation is just teaching you teaching everyone that talent trumps your personality I mean you could do whatever you want to off the field as long as you're talented I mean we saw I mean this Big Ben he's gotten away with a lot of things Deshaun Watson somehow hasn't gotten away with a lot of things Uh, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning both did bad things back in college but their talent outweighed this and Antonio Brown keeps getting away, getting more opportunities, and I think it's only going to continue because people are enabling him for more chances. I mean, honestly, Tom Brady is one of the people that have vouched for this guy, sponsored this guy to get him another job in the NFL two times now. And I think everyone besides him knows that he's not a great guy. Bruce Arians from the start said that he wasn't even going to sign Antonio Brown last year before Super Bowl run, and he ended up doing it, and now we're – we're dealing with this, Buccaneers fans. Yeah, Antonio Brown uh, has been vouched for by Tom Brady forever, and I love Tom Brady. He's a winner. He's a great person. But at the same time, I feel like this is a situation where Tom kind of used A.B. in a I way to I, get him out on the team. I think he did want to help him, but he knew, hey, this guy's a basket case, but we will But he win. is a top five receiver in the NFL currently when he's on the field. But, I mean, Rob Gronkowski on the other end – is what Antonio Brown was trying to be with Tom Brady. Rob Gronkowski is the more genuine version of that. I mean, I think Antonio Brown was just saying and doing the right things, and then we all knew that it was a ticking time bomb and it would eventually explode, and it did Sunday with two minutes left in the third quarter against the New York Jets, and that's history. He's done. A.B. also uh, earlier on Thursday released a tweet of him reaching out to Tom Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero, um, and said, hey, AG, if we're not going to work anymore, that's fine. Let me know about the $100,000 I paid you. Only fair, I get back half my money. Let me know how to proceed. Alex Guerrero responds with the most genuine response ever and yeah. says at the end, please let me know where you want me to send the balance. Big hugs, my friend. So first yeah. and foremost, Alex Guerrero knew what type of guy AB is, even though it's Tom Brady's boy, mm-hmm. uh, the trainer and AB. Uh, but because he got, the, he says balance, so he took the money up front. Yeah. So he knew, hey, I need to take A.B.'s money up front, up front. or else I'm not going to get yeah. paid. So he did. So then anyways, uh, Alex Guerrero says, big hugs, my friend, period. A.B. tweets this screenshot out, and it has his routing number and his bank account information. And I've got it right here, but, I mean, it's already leaked, so you guys can go find that. A.B. bank account info. Yeah, we are currently searching for his mother's maiden name and his social security number Any at luck? the moment. Hey, anybody? No, okay. I haven't seen anyone yeah. find it. But so, if they do, a lot of Madden points coming because I'll be spending it on Madden trying to get some receivers to him to replace my Antonio Brown uh, ultimate team card. Yeah, without a doubt. So I think we'll end it at this. I think that next week we'll hear a lot more regarding this situation. So oh, yeah. expect AB this, part two next week. This is a lot like the Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett situation where Miles Garrett claimed that Mason Rudolph called him the N-word and then NFL Films leaked the actual footage of the game because every player is mic'd up every single Sunday. They just don't release it. And I think that's going to come out next week. We'll see exactly what happened, like we did with Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett, where Miles Garrett was found to be lying about that and then ended up bashing Mason Rudolph over the head with his helmet. Uh, it was electric. It was fun to watch, but we'll we'll come to the bottom of this by the end of this week, I think. Without question. Again, Stooge of the Week, Antonio Brown, right here on the yep. Chris Mathis Podcast, brought to you by Savage Spence and the Big Three is brought to you by Information On Demand Pre-Employment Screening Services offering fast 
accurate, and affordable background screening services. That's three. Whether you need criminal background checks, drug screenings, e-verify, academic accreditations, or other screening services, they've got you covered. You can rest easy knowing a highly trained search team will get you the information you need in eight hours or less. That's it. Eight hours or less. Information on demand. Again, fast, accurate, and affordable pre-employment background screenings. Give them a call today at 855-914-4636-855-914-4636 or simply visit informationondemand.net. And that's wild. That eight-hour thing reminds me of Jimmy John's slogan, Freaky Fast. I mean, that is insanely fast right there. That's that's Dree Archer speed right there. Yeah. You remember him. Information On Demand brings you our big three, which leads us into our three big games. Um, We're going to continue to do this even after the NFL season is over with when we talk NBA, Mm -hmm. NHL, MLB, whole nine yards. But again, uh, we're going to have to start this one off with the The national championship. The The national championship on Monday. 13-1 Georgia Bulldogs take on the 13-1 Crimson Tide of Alabama and Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. Monday night kickoff, 8 p.m., It's going to be insane. I think that everybody has high expectations for this game, whether you're for Alabama, for Georgia. We all know that this is going to be a very fun game to watch. Um, But somebody has to come out of this a loser. And, I mean, I think track record says that Alabama wins this game, even even though that when you play the same team twice in one year, that other team usually has a great shot to win it. The second time, um, yeah. The second time. But I think track history here says that Alabama has been here. They've been there. They've done it. They've witnessed every single possible situation almost, except for playing Georgia and the national championship. And they prevail a lot. A lot, a lot. Like, who's that Who's that rapper that said, I got a lot, I got a lot? 21 Savage. 21 Savage. So, anyways, Alabama, a three-point favorite. Um, if you guys recall back in December, I believe it was uh, December 4th, the Alabama Crimson Tide beat number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs at the time by the final uh, the final score of that game was 41-24, um, and we do recall that Georgia started off the game red hot. I think it was 10 or 13 to zero. Don't yep. mark my words, but either way, Georgia had a, a solid lead. You think, oh wow, Georgia is going to stun Alabama in this game, and here comes a phenomenal quarterback, a great coach for Alabama. They come storming back, get things done. And uh, they have a 24-point second quarter. Rest is history. But we saw last week, Alabama pretty much, you know, ran over Cincinnati, but not to the point where I thought that they would. I thought that Alabama was going to murder Cincinnati. That wasn't necessarily the case. Cincinnati had a good first half. And then Georgia destroyed Michigan. um, Absolutely destroyed Michigan last week. And then it makes you feel like, okay, is Georgia that good or is Michigan a little bit of a letdown or a little bit of both I'm gonna go with option B I think it was a little bit of both yeah I mean this is a big game of course it is the national championship and the thing with Georgia's defense it is one of the best we've seen within the last 10 years in college football because college football is known for not having any defense and it's known for having the same teams be the ones competing in the end Alabama always competing at the end Georgia as of recent has been competing at the end Michigan has been competing at the end and then Cincinnati snuck in. The number four seed always gets destroyed by Alabama. But Alabama versus Georgia should be a good game. If Georgia still had Eric Stokes, who was drafted in the first round this year by the Packers, if they still had him this year, I think that they would have an opportunity to win. But the problem with the Georgia Bulldogs defense is their secondary. And I think that's going to get exposed because Alabama has a good quarterback in Bryce Young. They have good receivers always. I mean, as of recent, uh, Henry Ruggs was one of their best receivers. I mean, he was very good in college. Jerry Judy, very good in college. Henry Ruggs, not so great in the NFL off the field. And then Jerry Judy, great in the NFL for the Broncos. But I believe the Alabama Crimson Tide are going to win this game because of their passing attack. Bryce Young is going to expose their secondary. They also had their running back run for 198 yards. So they've they've got, a, they've got two things going for them. And I've got Alabama in this game by a good amount. Brian Robinson Jr., the running back who had a career day last week against Cincinnati, um, took over there late in the ball game against Cincinnati. And then, you know what? Anytime you can establish a run game, 
you feel pretty confident. Now, granted, Georgia's defensive line is stout. Their entire defense is stout. And uh, Georgia's offense looks solid last Very yeah, good. But it's it's Bryce Young versus Stetson Bennett. And that's basically what it's going to come down to with the running attack. And the Georgia Bulldogs do not have as good of a running attack as what we saw from Alabama last week. James Cook uh, had one of his best games of his career. If he can do that again, maybe they have an opportunity to win. He's an expert. But I don't think so. I just I have he hasn't really done that that often. He hasn't gotten a lot of touches. This is his fourth year of his college career. Dalvin Cook's younger brother. You haven't really heard anything about him, so we'll see how this game goes. I'm not saying Georgia has zero shot to win this game. Stetson Bennett could play another great game, but I feel like he used up his great game against the Michigan squad, and I think they're going to lose this game by a good amount to Bryce Young because of their offense. Two names that will really determine the outcome of this game. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. Yeah, and Stetson Bennett, uh, he he has no shot at going in the, into the NFL. I don't think he'll ever be an NFL quarterback, but this game could get him drafted in the sixth or seventh round. So this is a big game for Stetson Bennett. The game of his life ends up in more money for him if he has a great game in the future. So we'll see how this one goes, but I've got Alabama over 10 points in this one. Yeah, again, the line is just three points right now. Alabama favorited. I, I wouldn't mind to see Georgia win. I'm not saying I hope Georgia wins. Yeah. I, I think it would be cool to see no, Georgia I wouldn't win. No, I would like to see Georgia win this game. I just don't think they're going to. If I, if I was a betting man, and if I were to bet thousands of dollars on this game, I'm staying away from Georgia. If online sports betting was legal in Georgia, I wouldn't vote for Georgia. I'd vote for Alabama, and I'd win some money on that one by saying the over-under of 10 in that game, and Alabama's going to cover that one. That was uh, our first, almost went on the next segment, that was our first game of the Big Three. Next up, we'll go to the NFL, transitioning now to San Francisco at the L.A. Rams. Yeah. Uh, you had some info regarding that game. Talk about, what was what was it in terms of playoffs? Playoff implications? Yeah, San Francisco, if they win this game, they'll probably face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first round if the Bucs win as well. But if the Rams win this game, the Rams will go up to the second seed if the Bucs lose this game on Sunday. So this, of course, has huge playoff implications. They're both in the same NFC West, of the best division in football, honestly. So this is a huge game, but I've got the Rams in this game, and I hope the Bucs can win on Sunday because the Rams would end up being probably the second seed if they win this game uh, against the 49ers. And I think... I'm probably going to bet on the Rams over Trey Lance in San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco's defense, very good. Stafford, as of recent, has thrown a lot of interceptions. For touchdowns. Yeah, and they barely beat the Ravens last week, who are very injured. But I think the Rams prevail in this game because if they want to have a better seed in the playoffs, they have to win this game or else they're going to be the fourth seed because of your hot take coming up later in this segment. Rams a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah. I don't think they hit that. I, I think they probably win by three. You know, if Jimmy G is a go, I think they have an opportunity to win. But with Trey Lance, I don't think they're going to win this game. He's not ready. If this game has huge playoff implications, as you said, Jimmy G is not very good when it comes to big games. We saw it a few years back I in mean, that Super Bowl. I mean, he's very good if your defense is playing very good because he can just dump the ball off very – I mean, he he's he's good at getting the ball out quick. That's basically all he can do. And if their defense plays well against the Rams, a couple of pick sixes against Stafford, they have an opportunity to win the game. But I've got the Rams in this one. Stafford's been pretty cold as of late, too. We were tweeting out on uh, the Chris Mathis podcast, TCM underscore pod, a whole bunch of low-light videos of Stafford throwing interceptions left and right. I even saw a graph comparing Jared Goff's two best years with the Rams compared to Matt Stafford's year this year. And Goff? had two years that were efficiently as good as Matt Stafford's year this year, and they yeah. just traded a crap ton, a boatload, for Matthew Stafford. Again, Stafford's best games have been phenomenal. But moving on to our third game of the Big Three, brought to you by Information On Demand. Uh, we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Chargers at Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. And another game that has playoff implications, because if these two teams kneel the no, ball No, 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 out, wait, wait. Oh, okay. This is, the thing with this game... It deals with another game that's going on on Sunday as well. The Jacksonville Jaguars, if they are to beat the Colts, then the Chargers and the Raiders can both kneel the ball down the entire game, and both of them would make the playoffs. Would knock the Colts out yeah. of the playoffs. If the NFL was a gentleman's game, this would happen. But I could see this going in a very south direction with the Raiders. I feel like 
if both teams agree to kneel down with 30 seconds left, I could see the Raiders taking a shot to win the game yeah. and just knocking the Chargers off because these two teams are rivals, and this would be it would be hilarious. I hope that happens, honestly. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think I don't think these two teams would agree to kneel the ball down. If they weren't division rivals, maybe, maybe. they would, but that would be hilarious if they do that and the and the Raiders take advantage with their uh, interim head coach. This is the third straight week in which it's a must win for the Las Vegas Raiders in terms of playoff implications. And they've done it. Yeah, they have. But can they do it this week? They are home. They are down a starting defensive back after what happened earlier this week with a DUI. Oh, uh, yeah. He was having a great season, too. Yeah, he was. Seems He's like out. that's a problem in the Sin City. And they, Who they kicked thought? out the coach, Thank too. God they have a Christian quarterback or else they would be done. So, yeah, they're hanging on by a thread right now. Um, they're hanging on by Derek Carr's jockstrap. Because that is Sin City, and these players are doing a lot of bad things. We've seen it with Henry Ruggs, and now we've seen it with this cornerback. Both DUIs wanted it up a lot worse than the other one. Again, uh, regarding this game, the Chargers a three-point favorite in Las Vegas over the Raiders. Well, I, I don't know. I can see it going either way. I think coming into this game, I think the three points for the Chargers is fair. Yeah. And Herbert has to play a great game. Yeah, he, 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 he had too much turkey or chicken, as you said. He would. Yeah, he had too last much week. turkey last week. I was right about that. What they did ended you throw up losing two, picks? two weeks ago to the Texans. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, but in this game, the Raiders won last week against the Colts. Of course, Wentz didn't practice the entire week. He was very off the mark, and that's the main reason why they won. But with this game, I think that the Chargers are going to beat the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers are a bit of a better team than the Colts, in my opinion. The Colts' only thing going for them is – Jonathan Taylor, third in the MVP rankings at the moment in odds. But I've got the Chargers in this game against the Raiders. I think it'll be a close game, though, because it is it could end in kneel, in kneel downs if the, uh, if the Colts lose to the Jaguars. But I don't think it'll come to that, at least with these two teams kneeling down. Okay, so there you go. That's our big three brought to you by Information On Demand. But we did have an honorable mention I think is worthy of tossing yeah. out. New Orleans at Atlanta. Yeah. It's an NFC South matchup. And the deal here is that if New Orleans wins... They're going to be in the playoffs. Do they do it? I don't know. I, I think, think Atlanta, Atlanta wants, will win that game. I, Atlanta wants to win this and game. And I hope so, because I don't want to see the Saints in the playoffs, because they are a very annoying franchise. And this needs to be a big F you to Calvin Ridley. But, you know what? We Honestly, I hope the Saints win, because the Bucks Ugh. would beat them in the playoffs again. For the second I don't straight know. year. That's the team I want to avoid. They 100% would. So, again, Atlanta, a three and a half point underdog at home, which, understandably so, the Falcons have not been so hot at home this year. And uh, they're two and five at home, five and four on the road. Yeah, the Falcons have sucked at home for the past three years, according to the Pew Brothers. So, and they if haven't the Pew even Brothers, seen a win there. Yeah, if the Pew Brothers skip out on going to a home game, you know they're bad. So, again, yeah. uh, that was our big three with an honorable mention of the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Falcons win that game. In yeah, I've got, I've got Atlanta in this game as well. Of Calvin Ridley. I really do. Moving on to our Shankarooski segment. Oh, wait. We hopped over one. Yep. Dumpster, dumpster fire at FedEx Field, home of FedEx the Washington fuckery. football team. We saw it last week. Jalen Hurts trots off the field. It's an end zone camera. Yep. And then all of a sudden, fans are going to dap him up, and they just fall over. Like, yep. fall out of the stands. The, the guardrail collapses. Yep. At FedEx Field. We've seen a lot of bad things at FedEx Field over the last 10 years. We can go back to 2012 watching RG3 tears, it, tears ACL in the playoffs. We can go back to 2013 watching RG3 tear his ACL once more. We can go to 2021 with Jackson Mahomes dancing on Sean Taylor's ceremony. And now we can go to 2022 <laughs> with the fans falling and almost decapitating Jalen Hurts if he was in a different position because that is a guardrail made out of metal that would have landed on him and could have been fatal, like he said in his statement. So, Yeah, you mentioned a statement. Jalen Hurts took the time to write the NFL or the, the uh, Washington both. football team. Wrote both regarding the situation and said, hey, you can't have that. You know, Basically, you need to fix that, and I agree. Yeah. That says a lot about his character because most guys, I feel like, would have just been like, oh, you know what? That stinks. I'm going to move on. That, that didn't have to do with the game. That didn't have to do with me. That didn't have to do with my team. But uh, And the cameraman, his lens broke, but he also had a man fall eight feet down onto his head, and he survived somehow. 
honestly do not know how he survived. I watched the video. The bald-headed man in the front fell right on top of his head, and he just got smushed down into the ground and came out with, uh, I think, a fracture in his skull. One of them did, one of the fans that fell. So that's a huge lawsuit that's going to happen. On the upside for the Washington football team, they are getting a name change next month. Which was spoiled. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe the Washington guardrails or something like that. The Washington Guardians. Oh, there you go. Would be great. Yeah. I mean, what a terrible, what a oh, terrible organization. They also they got it covered though. They they zip tied that fence back, the guardrail back, and they tweeted it out the other day. So You're they're joking. fine. No, <laughs> they zip they zip tied it. They zippoed. They're bad. Yeah, they're bad. And also, so they were hyping up the new name change coming out in February. Yep, and. That's cool. I'm excited for it. Well, anyways, so somebody pulls up a URL and it says WashingtonAdmirals.com, Washington home, Washington football team. So somebody screwed up the link and the link and threw out the name for a good 30 seconds. And, and that's a shitty name as well. The Admirals. Is that what you said? Yeah, Admirals. It should be the Guardians. Guardrails. The Guardians would be great. Yeah. Either way, terrible stuff there. The dumpster fire continues with the Washington football and team let's just hope at FedEx with, Field. Yeah, let's just hope with their name change, they don't keep the same ugly uniforms that they're rocking right now with the number helmets. Those are very gross. Hopefully they change those as well. Maybe even new color scheme in Washington. They need they need something new. And as bad as, as, bad as I... Don't want to say this. They need a new quarterback, too. And they need a new field because FedEx field sucks. Yeah, maybe UPS would be a good option. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, that was a dumpster fire there at FedEx field. One of my favorite segments and your guys' favorite segment too, segments, too, is uh, the Shankarooski segment brought to you by Drip and Ice, thedrippandice.com. Forget the G. Um, because, you know, they make everybody yep. cool. I, as soon as I put on this hoodie, which, again, we don't have the video this week. We will return with it it's beautiful. next week. A white hoodie right here with the dripping ice, icy bear snowboarding. Yeah, I see a polar bear holding a ice cream cone, chocolate-flavored, with some ski boarding glasses on that you might see in a college dorm party or on the slopes like this guy is with his dripping ice ski board. Uh, it is beautiful. That was awesome. That I love good, it. That was a good uh, and description. Yeah, I wore that down. I wore my seven cone hoodie down in Tampa. Spilled some of my ice cream on it. Uh, luckily, it blended in perfectly with the shirt. It fell right onto one of the seven ice cream colors, and it was a. It was just really cool. Changed the green to a blue, but you know I kind of like it. I think that the seven cone hoodie is great. You should go out there purchase one. I also like that one a lot because of the glasses. I think the glasses are very cool, looking like a party animal, which he is. That is a party polar bear. <laughs> yeah. And that's what that shirt should be called. Hopefully, we'll see a name change. Party animal. Party maybe, animal. Maybe you don't see his right arm on the shirt. Uh, actually, you do. Maybe next time he could be holding something else that goes along with the party animal. It would be very nice. An but it is beautiful how it is. And I think anyone should buy it with the emblem on the sleeve. It's 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 a great hoodie. TheDrippingIce.com. Shane Karuski, NFL kickers are surprisingly Good. doing their job. Yeah. Six missed field goals this past week. That's insane. I mean, the numbers continue to get better. It's like, hey, we're going to wait till week 16, week 17 to actually get good. Actually do what we get paid to do at a high level, efficiently, successfully. Missed six field goals this week. Two extra points. If you guys recall, about a month ago, there were 26 missed kicks. Yeah. 26 for NFL kickers. And this one, this Shank Ruski award winner is pretty easy for me this week. Mm-hmm. It's Greg Zerline. Greg the leg choked in the first quarter against uh, the Arizona Cardinals. It was Arizona at Dallas. Greg the leg missed a field goal in the first quarter. Yeah. They go on to lose the game 25-22. And this is the second time we've seen this. 43-yard kick. Shank. Yeah. And I think Greg the Leg's name should be called should be changed to Greg the Peg because he's walking out there with a limp and he's short he's he's short on all these kicks. I mean, that is the problem with Greg the Leg. Maybe change it to Greg the Peg. The sixth miss of uh of the season for Greg the Leg. And that I'm not saying it needs to be your nickname, but it definitely needs not your nickname, but the one you <laughs> suggested. Uh 
It definitely cannot be Greg the Leg because this guy stinks. Yeah, he sucks. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Yeah. Shankarooski Award winner this week. Greg Zerline, kicker for the Dallas Cowboys, who missed the uh, field goal in the first quarter. His Cowboys lost by three against the Arizona Cardinals. And if this was a punting award, we would have to give it to the Packers uh, special teams every single week because they are the worst special teams that I've seen in recent history. That's why I believe Matt LaFleur should not be coach of the year, should go to Vrabel. And I also believe that that is going to cost them a playoff game later on in the season with their botched punting attempts that they've had this season. They can't snap right. Mason Crosby misses a lot of kicks because of it, and that is going to help That is going to help uh, whoever's playing them in the playoffs, hopefully the Bucks at one point in the NFC Championship game. It's going to help them win. So I, I'm feeling icy right now in a good way. I'm feeling cool. I'm icy. I'm icy. I'm so cold. I'm chilly. Because of this, logic. Because of this dripping ice yes. hoodie right here. But we need to heat things up, and I think we will do that. We might take off some of our listeners right here with our hot take of the week. And for me, it was easy because we've got a big-time rivalry matchup right here uh, this weekend as the Seattle Seahawks will, where is it? They will host. No, they're playing in Arizona. Yeah. The Seahawks travel to Arizona. Seahawks again. In the Dome. A letdown this year. 6-10, and 10, take on an 11-5 and 5 Cardinals team. Um, and they will, in fact, ruin the Cardinals. Ch- I, write it down. The Seahawks will, in fact, yeah. ruin the Cardinals' chances. I, hope, I think that's right. Of winning the NFC West this year, and ruin the chances of the Cardinals sweeping Seattle for the first time since 2009. That will. I mean, it's hot. Yeah, and the Seahawks are coming off a 50 burger against the Detroit Lions. Lions usually don't give up 50 points a game, so maybe the Seahawks' offense is back for 2022. New year, new Seattle. And after this week, they're going to have a new quarterback next year because Russell Wilson is leaving the dumpster fire of a franchise that is the Seahawks. Pete Carroll is being fired, but they're going to go out with a bang. And I, I agree. I think booming. I think they're going to beat the Cardinals on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, business is going to be booming in Seattle next year. We'll see. Uh, you know what? I could see that DK and AB team up. Yeah. That'd be cool. But anyways, uh, again, Seattle is going to spoil the chances of Arizona winning the NFC West for the first time since 2015. My guy to watch out for, pretty obvious, Rashad Penny, having the stretch of his life right now in the NFL. He had 170 yards last week against the Lions. It was the Lions, but the Lions, again, don't give up 50 points a game. And Rashad Penny had a uh, fantastic streak there. He's had three straight good weeks. And he's playing for a contract right now. So he will ball out in this victory. And and to add to the reason for it being a hot take, the Cardinals locked down, shut down Zeke last week, 17 yep. yards. And I think Penny goes for 110 easy. Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks put up a 50-burger. Zeke has been eating too many burgers, and he's looking very slow as of recent. He is at the end of a running back shelf life in the NFL. I think he's been good for four years. I think he's about done. But I've got two hot takes this week. The first one is in Wait, regards. Wait, we need to talk with the producer. Is that is that legal, guys? Like, can we? Okay, yeah, yeah, we can do it. He said he said we're good. I mean, I he lets me do whatever I want right now. I am puffing on something. But Antonio Brown <laughs> uh, is back in here. He is one of my hot takes. I believe that he will sign with the Dallas Cowboys by the end of next week if he decides not to get the surgery that he's apparently desperately needs according to his own doctors maybe the same doctors that said that Russell Wilson's injury was the worst of all time somehow he came back maybe these doctors are helping Antonio Brown try and win a settlement against Tampa Bay Buccaneers we don't know but I believe that Antonio Brown is going to sign with a team like the Cowboys maybe even the Saints if they make the playoffs it's going to have to be a big time person a GM or a coach to sign him. I mean, he's had a lot of off-the-field antics going on as of recent. This last one, the most bizarre I've ever seen in NFL history. I think everyone agrees with that. But I believe he's either going to sign with the with the Dallas Cowboys or the New Orleans Saints by next week. That is my first hot take. My second hot take goes with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars will defeat the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday to soil the Colts' chances of making the playoffs because if the Jacksonville Jaguars win this game against the Colts, then the Chargers and Raiders can both agree to kneel down on Sunday and neither of them have to score a touchdown for them to both make the playoffs over the Colts. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think those two teams I don't think those two teams will come to an agreement to kneel down, but I do believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars will defeat the Colts on Sunday. The Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. Jacksonville Jaguars' only win of 2020, Gardner Minshew led, 
was against the Colts in week one, but they were 1-0, ended up 1-15. So I've got Jacksonville in this game. And also Jacksonville fans are planning to wear clown suits to the games, uh, to the game on Sunday. We'll see how that goes. They're going to try and troll their owner, Shad Khan. Uh, I think he's a clown. I think the fans are clowns. And I think Carl Wentz, a.k.a. Carson Wentz, is scared of clowns. I mean, apparently he did not look in the mirror one time in 2017 when he was the leader of the Philadelphia Eagles when Nick Foles took over his position and won the Super Bowl for them. But I believe Carl Wentz, Carson Wentz, is afraid of clowns. He's going to look in Section 105B. He's going to see a bunch of clowns, and I think he's going to shit his pants. I think he's going to be scared shitless against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville defense is going to come at him with Josh Allen on defense, the linebacker. He's back this week from his COVID protocol, and I've got Jacksonville winning this game against the Colts, soiling the Colts' season and putting an end to Carl Wentz in Indy. I have no argument with that hot take. I do have an argument. Not a, Yeah, I do have an argument with A.B. I think A.B.'s career is done. And we'll I know see. it's a hot take, so you're kind of throwing it out there. No, no, I actually believe this because we've seen it time and time again with Antonio Brown. It doesn't matter what he does off the field. Now we've seen what he does on the field. Uh, he still gets opportunities, and I think a person like Jerry Jones or Sean Payton, very credible people, uh, in the higher-ups, of course, not very credible. I mean, one had a bounty gate scandal. The other one does a lot of drugs. But... I think one of those two teams, the Cowboys or the Saints, will sign Antonio Brown just to get back at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And there is a chance that the Bucks play the Saints in round one of the playoffs. And it would be cool. It would be a, a real shyest to the Buccaneers if they did sign A.B. I just don't think that you can sign this guy if Tom Brady, the one guy that vouched for you over the last two years, can't keep you tamed. Nobody can. But we just had a text from one of our listeners JC texted in to the Chris Mathis podcast Instagram, yep. TCM underscore pod, legitimately like five minutes ago. And he says, could see Jerry Jones getting AB. I think he's the only one left who has a shot at mentoring him. Yeah. So I think JC was listening in. Apparently he was in the North Pole over the weekend. He can see us when we're sleeping and he knows when we're awake because <laughs> Santa gave him the tactics that he uses. JC knew we were about to talk about this on the show. He knew my thoughts exactly. He knew exactly what I was doing. He knows why I'm on the naughty list now. And I believe that he will sign with the Cowboys or the Saints. Now Good it's idea, time JC. for our lightning round. Lightning round! Starting off with Saturday. That's right, we have NFL kickoff on Saturday this week. The Kansas City Chiefs play against the Denver Broncos. Chiefs, an 11.5-point yep. favorite. Lightning round, baby. Keep it easy, coming. Easy, easy cover there for the Chiefs. Number one ranked. And uh, they look for their 13th straight victory over the Broncos. They will do so this week. First place AFC West team defeats the fourth place AFC West team on Saturday. I'll say, I'll throw out a score on this one. I'll say 42-17 Chiefs. Yeah, big game for the Chiefs. Game doesn't matter for the Broncos. But if Tennessee loses to Houston this week, which could happen with their stud of a quarterback, Davis Mills, then Kansas City would be the number one seed if they beat the Broncos. So this is a big game for them. Uh, I've got Kansas City in this game because the Broncos are not very good, even though this is usually a good game at the end of a season. I've got Kansas City by a good amount in this one, and I think they have the best chance at going to the Super Bowl in the AFC, and it would be their third straight year doing it. They definitely look to be on that track. Dallas Cowboys play against Philadelphia Saturday night. Uh, Cowboys a five-point favorite in Philly. Philly's a tough place to play. This is a big-time rival NFC East matchup. First-place team against the second-best team uh, in the NFC East, second yep. place. Um, one of those players is going to be on the podcast for the Philadelphia Eagles. Pat right. Johnson plays for the Eagles. I'm going to say the Eagles win, and this is for you, Pat, because eventually we will have you on the show. Um, I think the Eagles win. They shock Dallas, and they prevail 24-20 against the Dallas Cowboys this week. Wrong. I've got, I've got Dallas in this game. I mean, Philadelphia quarterback Jalen Hurts almost got his head taken off on Sunday. I think he's still a little bit uh, in shock about that situation. I don't think he's going to be playing in this game. I think that the Eagles are probably going to rest most of their starters. The Cowboys still have something to play for. They have an opportunity at the second seed if the Bucks lose or the Cardinals lose and the Bucks if if the Cardinals and the Bucks lose and the Cowboys would be the second seed. So they've got something to play for. I've got Dallas in this game against the Eagles in Philly. Tampa Bay transitioning now to Sunday. We do have games on Sunday even though we don't have Thursday night football anymore. We do have games on Sunday still. So don't worry You're there. Right. Carolina Panthers traveled to Tampa. 
They play the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, an eight-point favorite, even with their second-best receiver on the team right now, walking off the field last week, quitting, getting cut, whatever you, whatever your belief is. Yep. Uh, if you believe anything other than Bruce Arians, you're absolutely wrong. Bucks are favored in this game by eight points. Tampa Bay has been very dominant at home, six and one at home. Uh, they did beat the Panthers a few weeks back, two weeks ago. Bucks win this game. I think it's tighter than people will say. I think Carolina yeah. wants wants to come in there and really just screw over the Bucks, uh, and it wouldn't really impact Tampa too badly. But you don't want to lose this game by any means against an NFC South rival with a guy that sees ghost. I've got the Bucks winning this game, thirty-one. 17 Tampa. And this could very well be Cam Newton's last game in the NFL. I mean, he's I think he's started. nearing the end of his career. I think he might play a little bit on Sunday and try and go out with a bang against the Buccaneers like he used to back in the 2012 days, 2011, 2013, 2014, 2015, when he owned the Buccaneers uh, in his prime. So I think that they're going to play, of course, because this is an NFC South game, this is a rivalry. So I think it's going to be a close game. If I were to bet money, I would say Mike Evans goes over 1,000 yards this season. I'd place the bets now. He's only 50 yards away. He needs 50 yards on Sunday against Carolina. Stephon Gilmore did not practice today, so I think he gets it. Uh, and I've got Tempe winning in this game by a touchdown. Not very much, though. Another fun rivalry. The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Baltimore to go head-to-head with the Ravens, who are likely without... Lamar Jackson wants more. Big Ben wants to win this game, his final game of his NFL career. And I say that there is a small chance that they make the playoffs as the, uh, what was it, the Colts lose. If the Colts lose to the Jaguars, Pittsburgh wins. They're in the playoffs. Either way, all you can do is uh, do what Marshawn suggested. Take care of your mental. Focus on the the task at hand. Yeah. Pittsburgh has to win. They will win this game. Big Ben will go out a winner in Baltimore this week over the Ravens. It'll be so funny to see Big Ben win this game as well if the Colts or the Chargers lose, the Steelers are in if they win. So this would be hilarious because we just saw what everyone thought was Big Ben's retirement game. It was very odd. You usually don't see that in the NFL. Usually something you see in the NBA when a player checks out for the last time. Thank you, Baker Mayfield, for throwing that final interception to give Big Ben one more kneel down. That was very uh, nice of you. I've got Pittsburgh in this game as well. I mean, I think Tyler Huntley is a pretty good backup quarterback, but I kind of want to see Pittsburgh in the playoffs just because it would be fun to watch Big Ben uh, throw for two yards every single play. The Cincinnati Bengals take on the Cleveland Browns, who are without Baker Mayfield, which that might be good for them. Because yeah, this Baker is the is game bad. that no one's going to watch the next these next two games. And uh, the Browns, six-point underdog. I don't care who's playing quarterback for Cincinnati. They win by two touchdowns. I have no clue who's going to win this game. Cincinnati is sitting all of their starters. Cleveland doesn't have their starting quarterback. Might be a good thing. Who though. is their Cleveland's backup? Is Case Keenum. I've got the Browns in this game because the Bengals literally do not want to play any of their players. This is their first time in the playoffs since like 2015 whenever Vontez uh, Burfitt gave uh, Antonio Brown CTE for the first time with that hit. So I've got Cleveland in this game with their backup quarterback winning it for them. Washington football team, they're not at home. So FedEx field fans, you don't have to worry about getting injured or filing a lawsuit. The New York Giants will host you guys at East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, Washington football team, a seven-point underdog. I, I don't see that. I, I don't care if it's Mike Glennon, Jake Fromm. Seven-point underdog? How are the Giants predicted to win this game by seven? You know, I have no clue. I mean, the Giants are an absolute joke of a franchise. Their head coach is a joke. Joe Judge gave a 45-minute press conference after after his last game. When he got called out, he said that his former players were reaching out to him to try and come back to the team because he's such a good head coach. If you're trying to sell yourself as a good head coach saying you're a good head coach, you're probably not a good head coach. I have no clue how they're a seven-point favorite in this game. Washington's final game as the football team, not the Redskins, the football team, their final game, I think they go out with a with a W here. Minnesota, you like that? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Shout out to their old quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who yep. said that when he played when Washington were the Redskins. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings will host the Chicago Bears. Bears a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, sorry. Yeah, that's that's incorrect. Vikings a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Minnesota Vikings take on the Chicago Bears. One o'clock kickoff. Six and ten Bears take on the seven and nine Vikings. Justin Fields just has bought a uh, positive for COVID-19. I don't think he's playing in this one. And they say a game in the NFL is never meaningless. Dalvin Cook practically leaped out of his seat when asked during his interview about what this game means to him. So. <laughs> uh, well, 
both of these coaches, this is their last game with their respected teams. Matt Nagy out of Chicago, and the Vikings head coach is out as well. Uh, I think that they're both terrible head coaches, and I think they're both done with their teams. But I've got the Vikings in this game because Justin Fields has the 19. Uh, so I've got the Vikings by seven because they have Dalvin Cook. Tennessee Titans return to action in Houston. Ten and a half point favorite over the Texans. That's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, cool thing that I failed to mention, King Henry is back. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to play in this game. I would not. I wouldn't play him. Yeah, no matter what. No. Not even a pitch count. But either way, a fun fact about King Henry, he hasn't played since Halloween and is still top six in rushing yards. Yeah, he's literally the best running back in the NFL. I mean, he'd probably have 2,000 yards right now if he had not gotten injured. He'd be the MVP. Uh, but Tennessee versus Houston, I've got Tennessee in this game. Even though Houston has beaten some good teams this season with their head coach that I do not even know his name because no one ever talks about him. Uh, but I've got Tennessee in this game because Vrabel and the Titans find a way to win. I think they've had 90, play, 90 different players out this season at one point. I mean, he's coach of the year, Vrabel's coach of the year, and I think that they're going to secure the number one seed in the AFC this week against the Houston Texans. Two win Jacksonville Jaguars host a nine-win Colts team on Sunday. Uh, Colts obviously trying to win. Jacksonville trying to play spoiler in front of all the uh, fans of Con, the, yep. the the owner. He's a con. Uh, but anyways, Jaguars a 15.5-point underdog. That's fair, if not more. I, I know you completely disagree. Yeah, well, there's going to be a lot of clowns in this game. Carl Wentz is scared of clowns, like I've already said. I think Jacksonville wins this game, defeating Carl Wentz in this one uh, by a score of 27-15. to 15. Somehow the Colts will score 15 and lose this one. Detroit Lions host the Green Bay Packers. Packers a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they're resting their starters, yep. as they should. Uh, Detroit would love to win this game. Yeah. They want to bite the kneecaps. They have something to play for. I think Green Bay still wins. I do like Jordan Love, and I need to because I invested so much into his rookie card. I think the Packers win by 12. I don't think it's a blowout. I think, I think Rodgers is going to play a couple series in this game. I've heard he is going to play a little bit. So, so if he's he going to try, drives, he's gonna try and secure his MVP uh, with a couple of early touchdowns against the Lions. But then again, on the other side, you have Dan Campbell. His players are known to bite kneecaps. And you know what's close to a kneecap? A toe. And Aaron Rodgers has an injured toe. If they step on that toe... They got a shot. Yeah, you might see Green Bay not win uh, any playoff games if Aaron Rodgers is unavailable to go because he gets his toe stepped on in a meaningless game. Literally no reason for him to play. No reason. But he's going to play, and I think a Detroit defensive lineman... Too bad it's not Nadamik and Sue still there. We would see some more stuff. But I think a Detroit defensive lineman ends up on his toe. We travel to uh, the AFC East first place. Bills host the fourth place. New York Jets, who almost beat the Buccaneers last week. Yeah, Zach Wilson had his best game. He did. Josh Allen had a tough game last week in the snow against Atlanta. Uh, right after I spent a buck fifty on his rookie card. And when I say a buck fifty, I don't mean one dollar fifty cents. I mean a buck fifty. Uh, Buffalo Bills, 16-point favored. Give me 21. I think they win, I'll say, 35-14. Yeah, I've got Buffalo in this game. I like Zach Wilson's chances of being a good quarterback in the NFL in the future, but this year, really no no reason for them to try and win this game, honestly. Just get a better draft position, maybe get some better players in this upcoming draft in April. So I've got Buffalo in this one. Atlanta Falcons will host the New Orleans Saints. We kind of gave our, our spiel on that. Yeah. Again, I'm going with the Falcons. Yeah, Atlanta is going to spoil the Saints' playoff chances, and uh, Antonio Brown will sign with the Cowboys. Rams will host the 49ers on Sunday night as well. Uh, again, I think the Rams win that football game. Yeah, I've got the Rams in this game as well, of course. Miami Dolphins will host the New England Patriots, and that could be a decent ball game, depending on uh, what the situation is like with uh, the Patriots starters. I think it could be a decent ball game. Tua Tagovailoa played terrible last week. Well, he had a terrible fumble, a uh, uh, god awful fumble. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Dolphins eight and eight. They're, a, I mean, they're a decent franchise once more. And the Patriots are favored by just six and a half points. I don't know if they win by six and a half, but I do think they win this football game. Give you the Patriots on Sunday night. Yeah, this is very reminiscent of the of the uh, Miami miracle that happened four years ago, I believe, where Rob Gronkowski was at cornerback, couldn't make the tackle, and the Dolphins won on the final play of the game in Tannehill's last start with the Dolphins. So 
I think the Dolphins have a legitimate shot at this. The Patriots come in losing two of their last three games. Miami beat the Saints, then got smacked last week. So I'm going to pick Miami in this game. He's going to pick Miami. He's going to pick them. And they have an opportunity at the playoffs. Hopefully, you know what? Go with the Patriots. I don't want to see Miami in the playoffs. That is a waste of a game. Cardinals will host the Seahawks. You guys know how I feel about that. Seahawks pull pull off the spoiler alert, and uh, the Seahawks win this game. Yeah, I've got Seattle in this game as well. Russell Wilson's last game in Seattle. Pete Carroll's last game in Seattle. I think Seattle's going to put up 50-burger again two weeks in a row, this time against the Arizona Cardinals and Ant-Man quarterback Kyler Murray. Final game on our uh, lightning round. Las Vegas Raiders host the Los Angeles Chargers again. Chargers a three-point favorite. I think they I think they win that game. It could be yeah. close, though. Again, three points. That could be very close. You know, I'm putting a I'm putting one hundred thousand dollars down on a tie in this game. I think both teams are going to kneel it down after the Jaguars defeat the Colts. I'm putting all my money down on a tie, zero point spread, and that's it. And I'm going to make probably a million dollars off of that bet. Guys, I'm going to have to go to New York though. New York just got sports betting in. Probably going to fly over there because it's still not legal in Florida or Georgia. Might as well go to New York. I think I think that'd be awesome. Uh, we want to close out this show with letting you guys know that um, check out Spotify. Yeah. Search The Chris Mathis Podcast. If you're on YouTube right now, go to Spotify, The Chris Mathis Podcast, and then you'll see three dots. You want to click on those dots, hit rate show, and then five stars. That's the only option. Click the fifth star. Simple as that. Five star The Chris Mathis Podcast right now. Shoot me a text. Message us on Twitter. TCM underscore pod or Instagram TCM underscore pod and we will shout you out on the next show 100% yeah. money back guaranteed and if we don't you can give us a bad review but give us five stars go to Spotify search the Chris Mathis podcast click on the three dots uh, and then click rate show five stars only baby do it yeah I'm very excited I mean I'm getting to rate it after I listen to this week's show have to listen to a couple hours to get the opportunity to rate it I know all you guys who are listening have listened to it and you gotta follow our Twitter accounts at the Chris Mathis and at Savage Spence 13 88 subtracted by 13 is 75 so I've changed it to 13 Savage Spence 13 go ahead and follow that over there on Twitter and remember if you do not get tested You cannot be positive.